This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad. Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. We have an emergency twins. I don't know if intervention is the right word, but we need to call an emergency twins meeting based on something that's happening right now, Judd. Strong suggestion, I think, is the correct yes. phrasing for it. If not it. arm twisting. Mackie and Judd. We get things rolling with the opening bell. Want to ring the bell? I played this game for two reasons only. and uh, The first is to, to give glory to God, and the second is to win a World Series. And so I, I am extremely thrilled to be a part um, of an organization that wants to do that. Best Buy Furniture is going out of business. Millions in fine home furnishings must be liquidated now. At near or below cost, main brand living rooms, bedrooms, dining rooms, mattresses, and more will be eliminated now, regardless of cost or loss. The best brands sacrifice at a fraction of their true value. Get this five-piece dinette for $2.98 or queen-size mattress set $2.98. Shop us first or shop us last, but you can't save if you don't come Everything now. must go and in right Tampa, now, apparently. Yes, yes, from the trap, the same. Sale is at the trop. It's going on right now. I think they traded one of their foul poles yesterday in Tampa. Derek and Thad, get in your cars. You're in Fort Myers. You got to just go across the big old bridge there. It's a little bit of a hike, but it's not too much. And there closer you will than find, Tampa. Yes. It's closer than Tampa. And, the, and there you will find a sale going on that will give you that's already given you one piece. And damn it, I'm greedy. I want two now. I want Chris Archer. I mean, they went in, so they it's like they went in for a clearance sale a few days ago and saw a Jake Odorizzi. Wait a second, this price can't be right. It's, no, it's right. This no, is a perfectly no. functional right-handed middle of the rotation pitcher. Sir, all I want is your fourth best shortstop in your system who most people have never heard of. Yeah, it's it's almost like they they mismarked the price and then, you know, the part-time worker at the cashier, the register was like, I mean, I don't know. Uh I guess it's $10. I guess, it's, I guess it's a nondescript shortstop ahead. prospect for a former first-round pick and a very effective pitcher we'll sell in a difficult you. division. And then you walk out and you hear, wait a second, the sale, I thought the sale was supposed to be over. No. They're going out of business now? No. I think the Rays have traded two vending machines from their clubhouse. I think our friends at Menards call it a Dutch auction every year after Christmas. They have all the Christmas, you know, uh, decorations and whatnot. And you go in that first week, everything's like 30% off. But everything's there. But as you go, maybe the next week it's 50. Then the next yes. week it's 70. And so you try to wait it out to get the cheapest price. But it might be gone if you wait too long. So try to figure it out. you got to hit that sweet spot. Boys, this is the classic garage sale. Thursday morning. Everything's <laughs> there, right? And you got a few things marked up. The Archer's just too much. It's too much right now. That's the Bud Grant garage sale. You like, want what for Chris Archer? Yeah, but, but, or, or you walk in and at first, Bud Grant's like, oh, I mean, listen, almost everything is for sale. 
but not not the the Carl Eller but, signed jersey, you know, from 1968. But veteran veterans of the garage sale industry know that when you go back on Saturday and the Archer is still there and you look at the price and think, was that the price on Thursday? Of course it wasn't because everything must go. Chris Archer, the Saturday sale should land you. Best Buy Furniture is going out of business. Millions in fine home furnishings must be liquidated now. That's a, a live listen-in to uh, the Port Charlotte <laughs> facility. So, so I'm with you on this. There's already a report from, so Doogie has been reporting on the Twins' interest, Chris Archer going back. I mean, this show, we started talking about this last season. Mm-hmm. Miguel Sano for Chris Archer. Um, the last report linking the Twins to Archer is from like two or three weeks ago. And that the, that the Rays wanted Max Kepler as either the centerpiece or at least the main thing or at least that's the that's the, the fixture that we know of in the trade talks. But after you've seen them give you Jake Odorizzi for nothing, for nothing, like literally you're yeah. like a nondescript infield prospect. Yes. They just, they had, they had two guys who hit 30 home runs on their team last year with multiple years of team control left in Corey Dickerson and Steven Souza. Mm-hmm. These are guys who make... Six million or three million dollars. They're thirty home runs. They get on base. They can play outfield. They DFA'd Corey Dickerson, mm-hmm. so they're gonna they're 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 gonna find some trade partner or just someone to pick up his they're salary. He was in the All Star game last they're year. They're going to give him away. And Steven Souza was traded for another sort of nondescript prospect to the Diamondbacks yesterday. You drive up to Port Charlotte and you stand in front of that facility. And and you don't go back to Fort Myers until Chris Archer is in the vehicle with you. And here's why. You can make this happen. And here's why. Now, in most cases, fans would come back at you and say, well, yeah, but they're dumping high-priced players. It's a salary dump. But, but, it's they're, a fight, not. but they're not. <laughs> Steven Souza, who's a very good player, is scheduled to make $3.6 million this season. He costs you nothing. So what they're doing makes no sense. So that should embolden you even more to go to the Rays and say... All right, we are going to, as you just said, we are going to sit here until you give us Chris Archer. And we'll give you something back. It'll be nice. It's going to be, but you are clearly uh, purging salary in a way that makes absolutely no sense. And we are not going away until we walk away ultimately with two of your best starting pitchers. Yeah, it's it's baffling because the Rays' entire model is based on cultivating really good young players and then having those players sort of pop up at the same time and taking advantage of their performances before they reach free agency. And and as of a month ago, if you looked at their roster, you say, wow, all right, not only do you have Brent Honeywell coming up as one of the top pitching prospects in baseball, ready to pitch in the major leagues this year, you got Jake Odorizzi, who wasn't as great last year, but he's been a very solid pitcher. You got Chris Archer and a couple other guys. Chris Archer under contract for four more years. You got Steven Souza under contract for three more years at, like you said, $3 million this year. Corey Dickerson for three more years at like five or $6 million. Incredibly reasonable, yes. But, but so let's throw logic out the window. Right. I don't even care why they're doing this. It's possible the owner came down and said, listen, we got to strip, we're, <laughs> we're going to start over again. We got to. We got some bills to pay. We're going we had down, a water main We're break. going down to $12 million, boys. Like the Astros did a few years ago. Yes. I don't care why they're doing it, but they're doing it. And Chris Archer is clearly available if all these other guys are because why would you why would you why would you keep your most coveted piece if you're trading off all these other pieces? So if you can get Chris Archer mm-hmm. without giving up Royce Lewis or Byron Buxton or Jose Barrios, 
I think you're going to regret it when another team swoops in and makes the deal. Like, you should make the deal. Yes. And make, go yes. to war this season with Chris Archer, yeah. Jose Barrios, Urban Santana eventually, Jake Odorizzi, and then literally whoever else wants to pitch in that fifth spot and that revamp bullpen, you're going to win a bunch of ball games. And the reason, go make the trade. And the reason why you don't go away now is this. The assumption's going to be like, well, let's revisit the Archer possibility at the deadline. No, 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 no. What Tampa Bay is doing makes makes no sense to the point of you'd be crazy to wait. Get in there right now. Get him. You would you would instantly have a rotation that would make you, I think, competitive with Cleveland. You'd be in great shape. There is Tampa Bay has absolutely for at least a week now lost its mind. Take advantage of that. Yeah. You've got your opportunity. Chris Archer, too, a couple things on him. So I know I think the main criticisms from people are his win-loss record, which that's really hard when when your offense the last two years has scored the fewest runs of any team in the American League. Yeah. You're not going to rally. Uh, you're not going to tally the win totals that Yankee pitchers or uh, or you know like Cubs pitchers would tally. You're just you're just not going to. Uh, secondly, on the ERA, so his career ERA is three and a half. He's had seasons where it's closer to three, like three point three zero. It's been slightly over four the last couple of years. He's been a little bit home run prone. Uh, I think if you put. If, if, if you put Byron Buxton in center field, and Kiermaier was out for almost the whole year last year, he's a great center fielder as well. I think the ERA dips. The most important thing for Chris Archer, he's one of the top bat-missing starting pitchers in the league, and that's been your biggest Achilles heel for 10 years since Johan Santana left. You don't have any strikeout pitchers. Yep. You can fix so many problems, and to add to it, he's one of the great leadership clubhouse guys in the league. Yes, he, he instantly. If you if you can pull off a trade for him, Archer steps in, in here and immediately becomes your ace. So yes, go make the deal. If, My furniture is going out of business. <laughs> if you have to give up Nick Gordon, you give up Nick Gordon. I don't care. Go make the deal. You clearly do not have to to give up much, and the Rays very clearly do not want any salary back. Yeah, and for the record, if there. you do have to give up a lot, like Max Kepler and Nick Gordon, I still say green light it. Make the deal happen. You've got plenty of prospects. Might you be can too find rich more. for their blood. <laughs> My furniture is going out of business. Millions in fine home furnishings must be liquidated now. The chops for sale too. I'm going to go buy the roof. I'm buying the roof right off the chop. They'll why, probably sell it to me. Why is there no third base at the chop? Oh, we traded uh, it to the Red Sox. Tra- Sorry, traded it. We just sold it straight yeah. up. Sold it for ten bucks. It was a great ding, deal. Ding. Archer signed it. So Vaughn takes the final jump to the finish line. And Lindsey Vaughn crosses the line in second. A half second behind Gosha. I gave it my best shot, you know. I I tried so hard and I worked my butt off. Um, and I'm so proud to have competed with such amazing girls. You know, my teammates have really supported me and um, we've helped each other. We've all been most of us have been injured pretty severely, so, um, you know, I'm really happy and proud to have been competing with them and to have their support, and uh, it's been fun. It's been a fun ride, and I hope tomorrow I can maybe pull something out of the hat, but um, it's sad. This is my last downhill. I wish I could keep going, you know? Um, I have so much fun. I love what I do. Um, my body just can't, no, probably can't take another four years, but I don't know. I'm just, I'm proud. I'm proud to have competed for my country. I'm proud to have given it my all, and um, I'm proud to 
hopefully you come away with a medal. Is it corny if I say it got a little dusty in the old Mackie living room watching that uh, Lindsey Vaughn interview after her her last solo awesome. downhill? Good for her. Like no. I, I tweeted this. I tweeted something like that. This Lindsey Vaughn interview on NBC is it's awesome. And like the first three responses, of course, from like the manly man Twitter police, you know, quit being a drama queen. And I said, this is what it looks like, whether you're a male or a female, when you put your entire life into something for her, probably from the age of like eight, six, seven. Yeah, who knows? Yeah. yeah. Early, probably four or five. And she's 32, yep. 33. 33. So she, so, so for 25 years, this is all she has known. And that was the last time she'll ever do it on mm-hmm. that kind of a stage. And I mean, that's why you see guys who are retiring, John Elway's, when they retire from the NFL. Like, you put your whole life's work into it, and emotions pour out. This is what it looks like when you have the, the proper sense of timing and knowing when to say when. This is Lindsey Vaughn. <laughs> oh, congratulations. Oh, my God. Congratulations. This is the Zolgad rule that far too many athletes, mostly male, don't know when to say when. They keep trying to go and go and go. And when she says, my body is broken down, she is, I'm sure, 1,000% correct. But you know what? When you go out in the style that she has and and you're smart enough to say, that's enough, I'm done, you have every right to cry and you have every right to, to celebrate what was a great career. But this is what I'm talking about when I say it's sad a lot of times that that athletes don't know when to say it's time. And she clearly last night knows to say that today is going to be time for her to be done as far as, as trying to ski in the Olympics at the highest competitive level. What's it like Good for do, her? What's it like doing a radio show almost every day for an audience of one? How is that for one? I'm congratulating her. I am applauding her for saying this is this is Phil, take note. This is what I'm talking about. That she has Maybe the you sense should retire to say, from radio before. No, 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 no. You start no. to lose your fastball. No, you have to have one first. Whoa! Oh wow! <laughs> Whoa! That was so hurtful coming oh, from. Come the, on, you're a slop throwing lefty. You're come, a loogie at best. That is so hurtful coming from the producer of the show. Anyway. My point being, David Ortiz, Lindsey Vaughn, these are people who have said, you know what, I'm breaking down, I'm going to go out while I'm still at a very competitive point in my career. Good for her. You're the only person in America that wanted David Ortiz to stop playing baseball. After, he, after I think, leading David the Ortiz, major David leagues Ortiz in did, David Ortiz did, too. And David Ortiz was very smart about it. Kenny, Kenny's still here. I hope to rip you. Good for I was Vaughn. listening at my desk, fellas. I don't have headphones on, so I can't hear you. But, Mackie, you said it got dusty in your uh, living room. I was blubbering out See? loud, crying. It was very touching. And, Judd, what's wrong with you? Do you have any heart at all, man? I'm applauding Lindsey Vaughn today. I am applauding her for knowing when to say it's time. Good Radio for show for one. Good for her. It's an audience of one. For four for four years. It's been it's been an how audience of that, one over how here. How can that be and an audience of like a couple dozen over here, but you know How can my how can my applauding her for knowing when to say it's time be considered selfish? She knows, and I appreciate that. Because if you could finish the sentence, it's so I, Judd Zolgad, don't have to be subjected to watching a subpar no. version of a once elite athlete. No, see, athlete. This, this is where you're missing. Because you it. incorrectly this is think that like you can tarnish missing, a legacy. This is where you're missing the Zolgad rule. The Zolgad rule. I wouldn't say I'm missing the it. The Zolgad rule is very much about one thing. It's about wanting to see greatness go out still being great. 
It's not about wanting to see Peyton Manning throwing pathetic passes through the air. Yeah, and, and, win, yes, and winning he, a yeah, Super Bowl. because of his defense, but it was still sad to watch. It's not about wanting to see Willie Mays fall down in center field in the 1973 World Series, which was pathetic. It's about wanting to see greatness still be great. I, I gentlemen, have identified something that's very important. Timing. Knowing when to say when. I love how you think back on Willie Mays' career, and I didn't see him play because I was born in 1985, but one of the top five greatest baseball players of all time. Mm-hmm. And the first thing that comes to your mind isn't the greatest catch in history, isn't some of the greatest numbers of all time. It's like in his last year when he was sort of decrepit. Like, that's the thing that comes to your mind. That Willie says Mays, more about you no, Willie Mays than falling the down in center field. No, it does not. Fans. Willie Mays falling down in center field in the 73 World Series was a very, very sad thing to watch. And grown men who had... Watched him play. We're, we're crying was. because it was so pathetic. <laughs> Lindsey Vaughn, David Ortiz, knowing when to get out. John Elway, knowing, right. a sense of timing. Let's post a poll. What will you remember most, or what do you remember most about Willie Mays' career, even if you weren't born? And let's give four options, and that can be one of the options. But let's, it's, it's not let, what you remember see. most. It's the sadness of the end. It's an unnecessary ending. It's avoiding that ending by not by not continuing to try to play that long. I feel like long. you might be uh, underestimating how few people care about no, the decline no, no, of no. athletes. There's a lot of people that care about it. You might not, Dave might not, but a lot of people do. But Lindsey Vaughn is doing it's an the right. Lindsey Vaughn is doing the right thing, and for that we should applaud her. We should applaud her, and I am today. I don't even want to do the rest of the show. What the is judges your pro- buzz kills everything? What on is this your show. problem? How, you buzz am I, kill how, am I buzz ki- how am I buzz killing this? How is this a buzz By just kill? being you. I'm not saying what she did last night. It was fantastic. <laughs> the fantastic part, though, for you is the interview, not the going down the hill to get no, the bronze no, no. medal. No, but she got the bronze. That's my point. Is she got the bronze, and she still she didn't say, "Well, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna take some time here, and I might start." No, she said, "My body's so broken down, I'm probably done." That that is what impresses me. I'm just happy your whole analysis of Lindsey Vaughn's big day in Pyeongchang was basically just patting yourself on the back for having the Zolgad rule that. A uh, star skier. It's was not patting myself follow. on the back. It's patting her on the back <laughs> no, for following the rule. <laughs> Which in turn pats yourself up, on the back make, for having I the rule. I make up the rules you, and then I no, give you're patting stuff. yourself I give on the back for having what you d- d- decide is a stroke John of brilliance. Elway, John Elway, Lindsey Vaughn, you all get gold stars. <laughs> you're a piece of work. Mackie and Judd are back. Here it is. On 1500 ESPN. So Vaughn takes the final jump to the finish line. And Lindsey Vaughn crosses the line in second. A half second behind Goja. I spent the break just trying to think of the way that I view great athletes and the way that Judd views great athletes after their career is over. Because I've never tried to put myself in your shoes that you have all this angst about great athletes maybe looking like a shell of themselves at the end of their careers. Like, you have more angst about that than anyone I've ever met as a sports fan. It is sad, yes. So when you think about, when I think about Michael Jordan, I think six rings, one of my childhood oh, yeah. sports heroes. I think about the slight push off in game six with a few seconds to go against Utah, 1998 NBA Finals, uh-huh. rising up and knocking down one of the most clutch shots of all time. Yep. And I would have preferred that that was the last memory of Michael Jordan. But then he took a couple years off and went to the Wizards. And that's the thing that Judd Zolgad remembers, that he played for the Wizards in these weird uniforms and that it tarnishes his legacy for you. Or like that Wayne Gretzky, 
scored the most goals of all time in the NHL. Mm-hmm. But there was that one year at the end where he was almost 40 and only scored about nine in a full season with the Rangers and looked decrepit and it was kind of sad. I'm just telling That's you. That's how you remember great no, athletes. No, no, no. What is wrong with you? No, no, no. What what bothers me is, is see, the Jordan thing and Gretzky things don't bother me that much. Because I don't recall seeing them look pathetic. What I don't want, oh, but they did. What I don't want to and that's see. Fine. What I don't want to see, though, and, and this is just my observation. I don't want to see you look pathetic at the end. The last year of Manning in Denver, I can't get over those balls fluttering through those passes, he fluttering through the air. His defense did. The two things, <laughs> as I tweeted back, the two things that stand out are the greatness of that Broncos defense, which won them a Super Bowl, and the fact that Peyton basically threw these passes that looked like dying ducks through the air. And this is why. This is why I applaud Vaughn for not attempting, we don't think, to certainly to come back in four years and try and do this again. She went out with a medal. She goes out in great fashion. And and I loved afterwards when she basically said, I have the sense to know when it's time. But how would so you So I appreciate that. How you see, would you your, think I'm criticizing her. I'm not. How, well but it, but you're criticizing her through your own personal lens that by the way, Twitter is crushing Judd here, Dave. I can't believe I almost want to step hurt. in and defend my friend Judd. No don't, uh, don't Al don't says do I don't understand how Judd thinks it was better that Peyton Manning should have stopped after getting whipped by Seattle in the Super Bowl because it came after a good season instead of, you know, winning one like he did two years later. But by the Judd Zolgad theory of career arcs, Peyton Manning should have retired before winning his second Super Bowl. And Favre tried to keep going and was was an MVP candidate in 2009 and 2010 when he truly did not want to come back but basically got talked into it. It was pathetic and sad. So when I think back to Brett, when when the memories of Brett Favre's 20 years flash through my head, and I watched all 20 years very closely. The first thing that comes to mind is the Super Bowl against the Patriots, where his f- hair is flowing in the wind as he runs through the Superdome mm-hmm. with his helmet held high. Mm-hmm. Or uh, Grizzled Favre dropping back against the Niners in Week 3, 2009, finding Greg Lewis in the back of the end zone. Or maybe even like the devastating interceptions after great seasons. Mm-hmm. And your first memory is him unconscious on the frozen tundra oh, yeah. of TCF oh, Bank two, Stadium. 2010 <laughs> will forever be stuck in my mind. 2010, was, oh 2010 my was pathetic. The consecutive game streak came to an end. My memory of Favre will, will be standing in that, in that sort of winter stocking slash ski cap that, that he wore on the sideline in Detroit watching his team play at the end of what was an absolute pathetic season for him and the team. There is no question that my view of Favre is clouded by 2010. Uh, yo, Yoke says, have you ever given Judd a hug? He needs a hug or a puppy, a little joy, something to let him know everything is going to be okay. I'm not upset. Yo, I'm very happy about this. Oh, I'm, I'm me. I'm not changing. And at the end, if, if a great athlete's pathetic, it makes me really sad. Let's uh let's, I, here, I, so cry for, I cry for them. Uh Joe says I never agree with Judd, but he's right this time. Nothing more pathetic than an athlete besmirching their own legacy, hanging on too long. No when you're done. Uh Mackie, you're being unfair out of habit. Just because Judd is usually a dunderhead doesn't mean he's always that, a dunderhead. See, that's a backhanded compliment. That's there. yeah, that's just not true on Joe's part. Uh I'm Kelly, you're on the show. I didn't know that he fell down in center field in 73. I just remember him as being one of the greats. Willie Mays you're talking about, yeah. right? Yeah. 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 Didn't he know that he fell? Yeah. And when, 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 did you watch his career, Kelly, or were you like me born after his career? Born after. I was born in 83. Right. So, I mean, and, and that's another example. Like, that's even like 
more of a pure because I don't I didn't watch Willie Mays throughout his career, but his legacy as a guy who didn't watch the whole career, his mm-hmm. legacy. If you hadn't told me that he fell down on the World Series in '73, it has it has no bearing you on don't his know legacy. That? You, but you knew that, right? It has no bearing on his legacy. Zero. No, but that's an important that's an important part of but the it, piece. But of it's his, not. Oh, yes, it is. You I see, did not we know disagree that completely until you first brought it up on the air. Whenever that was months, years ago. And Dave years and I. So I'm really surprised no you guys don't so, know so, that. So, so, so hold on. So Dave and I are diehard baseball fans. Yeah, diehard baseball. You fans. should have known that. But that's not true. But you should have known that. <laughs> yeah, there's no question. You should know that. If you know baseball, you should know. Okay, you should put know a poll about out. that. Put a poll out. Did you know that Willie Mays fell down in the 1973 World Series? Slipped in center I have, field. Plan I have nuts, watched so more baseball documentaries than any 32 year old that yeah, I can you, that I've ever come across. And you, and the funny thing is, through you your through your sports viewing prism, you're criticizing me for this obscure thing in a great career. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting here telling you, having not watched, all I know is Willie Mays' legacy because mm-hmm. I didn't watch his career. Right. So all I know is his legacy, and I know that his legacy has no attachment to the thing that happened in 1973 at the end because the first 18 years no, overshadow it all. I'm not saying he and wasn't that would be a the fan- point about David I'm not Ortiz saying he or- was not a fantastic player. What I'm saying is that is sad, and and that's a very common baseball story from that era that that happened. So you should know that. You really should. <laughs> so Both of you should know that. It's not true. Um, but anyway, my point is my point is this. Yeah, keep explaining your point to us. I'm applauding people for knowing when to say when because it's very difficult to. And I understand that. I understand that. Uh, people gun- continue to try and play or do their jobs well past their prime. Gunner says, I'm "All right, I'll say it for Judd since I don't have to sit next to Phil for the next four hours and deal with the repercussions." That interview with Lindsey Vaughn was a great piece of acting. She's all about saying what people want to hear. My guess is if you were to dig deeper, there's some like political disagreements. Like, Gunner, be honest. Are you saying that because you disagree with her politics or because you actually think she was lying to the camera while she was crying and I, about her dead grandfather and, and her career coming to an end? And Come on, dude. And if you go back and watch that, it's completely sincere. In my mind, there is not a moment of that that's not not. Sincere. One, her grand grandfather has passed away. The other is the fact that she just probably, in her mind, is acknowledging I raced my last my last race or our second to last race in these games. When so you, come on. When you think back to Randy Johnson's career, do you think about the uh, the ferocious, intimidating? Mariners left-hander, the World Series performances against the Yankees, or that weird year at the end no, with see, the San Francisco see, Giants, being, where he had a 480 ERA. What I what I'm saying what I'm saying is I don't remember how everyone's career came to its conclusion. What I'm what I'm trying to tell you is that when guys stick around too long and you have to watch it and it's really sad, that's when, when I think that there needs to be a sense of timing of it's done. I'm not saying that everybody has to end their career at the same point, but in the cases I've given you of Manning, Favre, that's sad to watch. That's sad to watch. I agree. When Manning was holding that Super Bowl trophy, I was just disgusted. The ball fluttering, the passes fluttering through the air was pathetic, and you can't (laughs) argue that. Uh, We will have a poll here because I need to know. Here it is. Did you know Willie Mays fell down in the outfield while with the Mets in the 1973 World Series? This might there might be an age gap here too, obviously, because if you were watching intently in 1973, you might put more uh, stock into it. Let's see here: 75 percent of people say no. Well, had, you should had, know that. Had no idea. You should know that. Why? Educate yourself when it comes to baseball. 
This is Zolgat's edict for the day. Educate yourself when it comes to the great sport of baseball. <laughs> Just trying to help you out here. Uh, you're lucky I'm a lover and not a fighter. All I, <laughs> I think I could take you, actually. <laughs> I mean, we're both sort of fat, so it, it'd be pathetic, but I think I could take you. All right, let's get Dan Hayes in here. So Dan, Dan Hayes... <laughs> Poor Dan Hayes has no idea what he's getting into. In fact, I know the first question we're going to ask Dan Hayes when we come back here. Dan Hayes is the new Twins uh, columnist for The Athletic. He's down in Fort Myers, so we've never met him before. He used to cover, I believe, the White Sox for CSN Chicago. Yes. So we'll we'll meet Dan Hayes and introduce him to the audience when we come back here and talk some Twins. Mackie and Judd. Phil Mackey. He's pretty irreplaceable for us. He does a lot of things that go unnoticed. Judd Zolgad. Such a good dude. I have the utmost respect for him. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Now Judd during the break, Dave, has, has been bringing up Emmett Smith's Cardinals days as a reason why his legacy is tarnished. That the, the end of your career, if you don't hang it up it's, at the right time, it tarnishes everything. It's a difference of opinion. Emmett Smith was obviously cooked when he went to the Cardinals, but... Phil and I don't really care. No, because he wants Adrian Peterson Super will do Bowl. the same thing and, and is in the process of that. Oh, he's be, three years into that process. It's going to be sure. sad. So <laughs> it's sad now for Adrian Peterson. So Dan Hayes is uh, now covering the Twins for the Athletic. The Athletic is uh, is growing its collection of of uh, very good columnists and writers that cover our local sports teams. So uh, Dan, you're in Fort Myers. It's great to meet you over the phone, and we're going to get you right into our show by asking you: Did you have any idea that Willie Mays fell down in the 1973 World Series as an old man for the Mets? You know, I, I remember hearing a little about that. I, I can add that I've seen Jerry Rice playing for the uh, – I grew up a Niner fan. I'm from California. Jerry Rice playing for the Seahawks at the very end was uh, was really tough to see. And, and uh, even seeing him for the Raiders after the first year or so was tough. Like, it's weird when guys move on like that and, and they're still going and you can't, you know, quite – get on them for for their passion and, and pursuing it but man there's some rough times when you when you're at the end like that so the question is and this is the debate we've had for i think four years on the show and like today is the random day it just popped up again because of Lindsay vaughn uh ending her run mm-hmm. yesterday does 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 the end of an athlete's career if they're sort of a shell of themselves and they maybe hang on too long does that overshadow the rest of their positive legacy in your mind I mean, it's tough exactly. sometimes to forget it, but yes. you know, I, I remember the Niners in the 1990s. Roger Craig fumbled and uh, lost that NFC Championship game, and the Giants kicked five field goals and won it. And I was there, and Roger Craig, the high knees, was one of my favorite things ever. And and it's tough to forget, but at the same time, you those there's so many other great moments. I think that that is what I remember. I mean. It is tough when – think about uh, the 91 World Series. Lonnie Smith will always be attached to that. And he wasn't at the end at that time, but he'll always be attached to that moment. He had 840 OPS in the World Series and won three rings. I think sometimes we do attach those moments, but it's, it's, if the guy is that good, you, you should be remembering the overall body of work, I think. And, Dan, my, my only point about this entire conversation is this. If you are a – 
if you're a great player, I, I think it's very tough uh, for athletes as a rule to know when it's time and when they're done. And it's just yeah. sometimes it's just sad. I'm I'm not saying that that my impressions of guys' career are completely colored by this. What I'm saying is that there are players in particular, and it, it's not fair, but certainly great players stand out the most as when they stick around too long. It's just sad because you say, if you had just gone out at this time, you know, we we wouldn't have to see this. And now it's just at times pathetic. That's my point. Oh no, and absolutely. I mean, I, for guys to find that line that perfect line it's so hard to yes. do because the passion is there still and they just you know i mean i covering the white Sox, i saw paul canerco the last two years and and it really it's funny i got to the white Sox on uh in june of 2012 the day i got hired with uh nbc sports chicago he was still hitting i think 399 mm-hmm. um, i looked up the stats from that point on and you know he's so beat up at that point the back was bulky and he had had two concussions late in his career, and I believe the stats I saw from the day my first day on was that he was a two twenty five hitter Ugh. with about fourteen home runs, and and that's the great Paul Canerco. And White Sox fans will never forget what he was able to do for them. And yet, what I saw was was really not what he wanted to do. But he still he was out there and he worked really hard, like four hours a game, getting or four hours a day, getting ready for those games. You know, doing back stretches and stuff like that to prepare, and and it wasn't the same guy that had been there for in his entire career before that. Yeah. Uh, so so Dan Hayes, so you covered the White Sox for five or six seasons of Comcast Sportsnet in Chicago, and uh, and now you're over here, and these are kind of your first impressions of this Twins team. But I'm sure you've probably monitored them over the past several years, just because it's in the division. So what are you know, coming in, covering this team, being at spring training, and and surveying the landscape. What are your impressions of of the Twins for 2018, Dan? I, you know, especially after the trade the other day with Jay Cotarizzi, I think there's some really good reasons to be at least a little optimistic. I mean, it's weird how things came together last year because I remember being just kind of surprised. So you look at what the pitching staff, the starting in particular from the the five through sixteen and what they gave this team last year for a third of the season. Man, I, I flat out was stunned that the team made it, but at the same time, I always had seen the defense and how great Buxton and Kepler you know, just the the faces that White Sox players would make after having played those guys for three days and, and all the hits that'd be stolen away. You knew there were good parts to this team and, and it was really great to see how they finished it. And I think They've done a good job in the way they've built and addressed some of those issues this offseason. So my impression is there's there's reason to be a little optimistic. It's it's weird to – I'm sure it's going to take fans a little while to warm up because those previous five, six seasons with averaging 94 losses, um, you know, I've been around that with the, uh, the White Sox. I, I'm pretty sure I've presided over one of the worst five-year stretches in White Sox history. Congratulations. It takes – Fans don't forget that kind of stuff, you know, and and so I could see why it might take people a little bit to warm up. And a really good April would be very good for this team to maybe open some eyes and think, hey, this is headed the right way because their farm system has a lot of depth. You know, beyond Royce Lewis, I don't know that there's a impact star as of right now. But you know, talking to some of the analysts that look at farm systems, you know, Rooker and. You've got uh, Gratterall and Enlo and guys down around the 10, 12 mark that potentially could be stars. And 
when you think about the talent in the majors with Buxton, with uh, Polanco, with uh, Barrios, you know, all the young guys that are already here and what they have in the pipeline, you could see how this could be the start of a good run for this team for a couple of years. If you're the Twins, uh, given what the Rays have done in the past five days or so, how do you not call them back right now and say, okay, we have no clue what you're doing. I mean, this goes this goes beyond a salary dump, but here's the deal. What do you need for Archer? Because it just seems to me that that when you look at what the Rays have done with these past four or five moves, they are yeah. they're trading young players, they're trading fairly cheap players. I got to think that there is a chance uh, to pounce right now if if you're the Twins and Archer is still out there with what four years left on that contract. I, I think that they are hanging on to him right now, or now at least. I don't know what. If they just didn't see enough in the offers they got over the off season, um, but talking to people that work there, I, I was told they would be shocked that they would trade Archer before the season. Um, they were much more pro on Jake Odorizzi being the guy and saying that the Twins had pushed really hard for him and they didn't see an Archer trade happening right then and there, and they expected Archer would stay and, and that Odorizzi would go to the Twins because that's how much work the two teams were doing behind the scenes. Um, so knowing that, I, I think the Twins would be much better off, better positioned in the middle of this summer. They have so many kids going into their first year in the farm system, first full year. Uh, obviously, Royce Lewis's debut was fantastic. I think you could sell him right now as far as nobody needs to be convinced on what he can be. But the Twins also are in that same boat. I don't see them wanting to give him up. So what else do you have in the system that, you know, catches everyone's eye and and the end lows and the and the gritterals coming out and backing up what they did last year would be a huge thing for this system rooker coming out and backing up the 18 home runs he hit last year would be huge because this could be uh, jim callis talking to him he said this could be a system that if these guys back up their really good debuts last year with another strong year could be a top five farm system in baseball and, and it's because the depth i mean quite a few shortstops in that system beyond Royce Lewis, and we saw them kind of tap into that and trade Jermaine Palacios the other day. I, I think that it, it's probably better timing for the Twins if they wait till a little bit further down the road because I don't think the, the Rays would want uh, what they have unless Lewis was included, and I think the Twins would like to avoid that at all costs. Yeah, and and, and like you were alluding to, too, I mean, if, if you have 20 prospects that you really trust or that you just have a collection of 15 or 20 guys that – other organizations view as being valuable. It makes it a lot easier to trade three of them for Chris Archer at some point. And the twin, I think, what's frustrated Twins fans here, Dan, and the White Sox have been the opposite. The White Sox have been willing to go for broke. They had a slogan that was all in one year, like three years ago, in which they lost like ninety games um, and had the awkward banners hanging up around Chicago and stuff. But the Twins have never really, even when they've had chances to take a division-winning team to make it a World Series caliber team. They've always shied away from trading those three prospects for that Cliff Lee or for that Chris Archer. Do you think they're in a window here shortly, if not right now, where it does make sense to take a team that could win 85 or 90 games and push it over the top? Or is that too crippling for teams that maybe can't afford um, to give up you know, pieces from their pipeline? Well, I, I will say this. One, on, on an Archer type, I think there's only about 8 to 10 or 11 of those guys in all of baseball where they're that elite and they're that next level um, that you get them when you can. And, and he's still young enough, and obviously his contract is great. Um, 
So, so pursuing him, I think every team does that. I, I think the Twins do want to be sustainable. They don't want to do just a one and a, one and done. I think they'd like to back this up two times. And and talking to people around the league about where they think the Twins are when they were pursuing Darvish, I think that people thought outside. Well, Darvish is probably going to be really good for the next two years and maybe that third year. But then the fourth and fifth years, that's when the Twins window really is going to be. It's the 20 season right around there. And and so maybe that's why the team didn't give that sixth year um, because they were definitely in that race and, and out there with more than five years and more than $100 million. And not a lot of teams could say that. Um, but I think that, you know, maybe they don't quite see this as the season. And so they're trying to build up and do it. And, and if they continue to make, you know, jumps up, I mean, what do you know as far as what Buxton's going to give you offensively? What Can Polanco be the guy he was in the second half? Um, you only have Dozier under contract for one more year. Joe Maurer, does he, is he able to do what he did last year again? Uh, because obviously he hit lefties last year for the first time in four years. And, and so there's questions. I, I could see them convincing themselves to go after it if the team comes out and plays really well because they they are equipped to make those moves um, but I, I can also understand their hesitancy as, as one person said to me about last year it's like they were almost surprised that the dog caught the car yeah and, and that they got in <laughs> and so maybe they need to be convinced that this is the time because they probably were kind of eyeing further down the road just a little bit further down the road um when some of these prospects start to materialize. Yeah. Uh, Dan Hayes from The Athletic, if people want to go find some of your stuff today, what can they find on The Athletic uh, Minnesota platform? Uh, today I wrote a little bit about the uh, the trade and how it affects guys, and that was fun. Um, man, Bobby Wilson, who's in camp as a non-roster invitee, uh, he uh, had a crazy 2016, traded a couple times and, and uh, waved and, and then claimed and played for three different teams, two, the same one twice, and, so we, we based it off Jake Odorizzi, but that's up at the site today. And that's, uh, you guys can find me on my handle at Dan Hayes MLB on Twitter. Um, but it's, uh, that was, that was interesting. Just hearing guys stories of being traded. Awesome. Um, Addison Reed, you know, has, has experienced it a couple of times and it's a, uh, it's a harrowing experience for the families sometimes. I think people overlook that. And so getting to kind of dive into that has been, uh, it's been cool. Yeah, so people can find that stuff at theathletic.com slash twins. And I want you to, this is not going to be relevant to the audience, but I want you to know that my, uh, my, I have family in Santa Rosa, and I do own a Santa Rosa Junior College t-shirt that I still wear 10 years later. So I, uh, I spent a good time, amount of time there. I should probably be a doctor with as much time as I have. Awesome. Well, hey, good to meet you via the phone, and, uh, and I'm sure we'll talk again soon, Thanks, Dan. Dan. Appreciate, appreciate it. it. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. All right, that's uh, Dan Hayes, the new Twins writer for The Athletic, theathletic.com slash twins. He covered the White Sox from 2012 to 2017. He said the it worst like White Sox five-year period. And it was the Twins' maybe worst five-year yeah. period as well, if you were to go back to 2011. Mackie and Judd. Mackie and Judd now continue. No way. You can't just stroll up and be welcomed back by everyone. Hey, welcome back. On 1500. ESPN. The brand new 1500 ESPN app is here. Stream live shows, download podcasts, read the latest sportswear articles and more and do it all in one place. And if you still need a reason to download it besides all of that, how about the giveaways? We're spending the next month giving away a $50 Red Cow Red Rabbit gift card every day and a 55-inch TCL Roku TV every week. 
but you have to have the app to enter. Download the new 1500 ESPN app in the Apple App Store or the Google Play Store right now. Just a couple more notes on that app, which I know we've had a lot of complaints before this new app for probably the last two or three years that the old app cutting out when you're listening or like closing without you closing it and stuff. This is a brand new experience. It's a brand new app and it's rave reviews so far. Uh, so if you haven't downloaded it, like Dave was saying, Google Play Store, if you're a droid guy or gal, uh, the the Apple uh, iTunes store, whatever you call it, uh, for, for Apple devices. And the best part is if you sign up, you get rewarded for listening. So if you're a diehard listener of the Mackie and Judd show or, or any show on 1500 ESPN, mm-hmm. or I believe this applies to some of the on-demand stuff too, but it's for the live stream specifically, if you listen longer, you can win prizes. We will give you opportunities to win tickets and free food and all kinds of different things. So it's it's pretty awesome. It's free to sign up. We're not gonna we're not gonna we're uh, not gonna charge anything for that. No, we should really, quite frankly, for this show especially. No, no, no. What are you talking uh, about? Email from Tyler. I think Judd has a really good argument regarding athletes not knowing when to retire, but it's gone on too long. I wish you would have a better. Uh, better know when to let it go. You know, have a better sense of timing on when to end the conversation. Oh, that's funny stuff. <laughs> that's funny stuff. And keep in mind, Tyler, I did not drag that conversation on. No, it was my partner who disagreed with me, and that's what oh, dragged the okay. conversation that's on. Fault that was too. your sense of timing. By the way, eighty percent was sad. By the way, eighty percent of people, uh, I think it's eighty-three percent, had no idea that Willie Mays tarnished his legacy by falling down in the World Series. Just so you know, eighty-three percent of people don't know baseball. <laughs> I want to mock. Mock. I want to mock. Not a 1.0, gentlemen, but a Mel Kuyper Jr. 2.0 on 1500ESPN.com. Does my microphone sound tinny right now? I think I have that spot in the blinds. Yeah, you sound a little goofy. Hello, tinny, tinny, tinny. Can you hear that? I sound like a... Why does it? I sound like a robot sent from mock draft, the, like the future mock draft ville or well, something. Well, perhaps that's know. what it is. Anyways, all right. Here's a Mel Kiper Jr. mock draft. <laughs> so weird. He's uh, throwing your voice. I don't know. That's an amazing talent. Hello, hello, hello. Number one overall to the Cleveland Browns, Josh Allen out of Wyoming. Number two to the Giants, Saquon Barkley, the stud running back from Penn State. Uh, number three to the Colts. Bradley Chubb, defensive end from North Carolina State. Let's just skip around and get to the quarterbacks here. Broncos take Sam Darnold mm-hmm. at five. Ooh. Baker Mayfield at six to the Jets. Let's see if there's other quarterbacks here. There he is. Josh Rosen tumbling to number 11, the Miami Dolphins. And at number 30, the Minnesota Vikings, according to Mel Kiper Jr.'s 2.0 mock select. Offensive tackle from Louisville. Is it Garen Christian? Jaren? Garen Christian. I sure. want to mock. Mock. Jaren, Jaren. I want to mock. Mock. Here is the explanation from Mel Kuyper. This tackle class is fluid. I could see five or six be picked on day one. I'm anticipating Christian to get a lot of buzz at the combine. He's going to be a riser. After he shows his athleticism and oh, drills, he's run a good 40, Christian started 39 games for the Cardinals, including every game as a freshman. He has great feet in a big six foot six frame. With Mike Remmers likely staying at guard in 2018 and beyond, the Vikings have a hole at right tackle. Uh, Notre Dame's Mike McGlinchey and Texas's Connor Williams are other tackles to keep an eye on. 
I like it. I told you this. I said if you're the Vikings and and you certainly improved your offensive line in uh, 2017, but you're not there yet, take a tackle. Take a tackle. You went far too long without addressing that that those positions in the early rounds. So do it now. Yeah, I think you're good on, not that you shouldn't draft skill position players at some point, but with your first pick, if you only have five draft picks right now, uh, yeah, having Mike Rivers at guard and, and drafting a tackle, I like it. When, when we went through that last year around the draft, didn't we find out the Vikings hadn't taken, aside from Khalil, that they hadn't taken an offensive lineman in the in the early rounds of the draft for some ridiculous amount of time, like seven years or something? Well, I know that it was we had a 10-year sample, and it was three of them taken in the first, second, or third rounds. Mm-hmm. Well, that was not, yeah. So take one. That's that's good. That's perfect. Yeah. Uh, let's come back with some Minnesota sports prop bets. And also later on, we will dive into some more reckless Viking speculation. Judd has another theory that we haven't really talked about, at least a question we should pose that hasn't really been posed. Mackie and Judd with some Minnesota sports prop bets, though, on the other side from the TCL broadcast studios. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar, or pie made with fresh cosmic crisp apples. There are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the buy five or more, save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone.